Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, a podcast all about comic book movies and television. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me are... James Hunt. And Reese Williamson. Hey, listen, guys, no joke up front this month, because <laughs> it's a new format, we're mixing things up, we're trying something new. We're going to figure it out as we go. Um, so this, listeners, if you're, if you're not aware, this is the new, the new uh, format that the main episodes are going to take, which is we're going to talk about news. We're going to talk about a monstrous news. We're going to drop these episodes monthly. And uh, we've got, yeah, we've got a, a, a whole bunch of news to talk about. And then we're also, you know, we're going to spin off. We're going to talk about other stuff that's on our mind, other stuff that maybe is on your mind that you tweeted us about, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, we're just we're going to figure it out as we go. Uh, so Just, just again, if you can imagine a podcast, just three guys shooting the shit. It's yeah, never been done know. before. It's never been done in podcasts. Three white guys in their 30s. <laughs> Middle class, they're just and we and wait, we're talking wait, about wait, 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 content. Wait, 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 James, are you still in your thirties? Just, just all right, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just wanted to make sure. Ooh, thank God, famously <laughs> very old. Uh, <laughs> Elder millennial statesman. This joke used to be less punching down when it was me, the only yeah. young one. <laughs> yeah. Now it feels a bit more like bullying, <laughs> elder <laughs> abuse. <laughs> Power of Attorney. Wow. Let's get James Power of Attorney signed off for somebody. I've got some uh, lower friends. Uh, okay, uh, so yeah, we are going to be uh, looking at all the latest uh, comic book movie news, and we're going to start off by talking about um, something that I couldn't quite believe was uh, that we were watching for the first time, like online in a tweet. Um, the Batman dropped a deleted scene of um, Barry Keegan as the Joker, and. Uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> I guess, I guess, but is it a spoiler alert when something's just dropped on Twitter? Um, if it's a deleted scene, it, you know, it's yeah. by definition not canonical, right? But I just it, like wild to me that a yeah, you know, so you, full spoilers for the Batman here. But that Barry Keegan shows up in the Batman for one scene at the end isn't really seen, isn't referred to directly as the Joker. And then, like, within a month of the release of the movie, the, it, was it even a month? I don't... Probably not. Like, the the yeah, scene is... Weeks. The scene is, weeks. like, there is a deleted scene in full of, like... You know, not not only, like, the first proper look at that character of, like... You know, it does... It does you know, it, we, I don't think we ever get, like, a full face. It's all, you know, that whole movie's dark. It's all very blurry, yeah. But, you know, there were, there were it was freeze-framed quickly enough that, you know, there was a good old look at that character's face to be able to put the headline, you know, above the headline of the articles. And also the first time that that Batman and that Joker were interacting, which feels like it's a big <laughs> deal. And, like, I don't know. If I was Matt Reeves, I'd be like, look, burn the tape. Just like let's let's save it. Let's let's not blow this on a on, on Twitter a, a month after the film came out. But there it, it does is. seem mad. Like it's a good scene. It's a really interesting scene. I think I think the movie could have stood to have it in there. The only reason I can imagine for taking it out is if they're really not sure whether they're actually doing the Joker next or not. But then they what, just but, really wanted to hedge their bets. But then why have the scene at the end? I mean that that scene is such a such a small view of the character compared to this one. Yeah, but it, you, when when you put a cameo of the biggest villain in yeah. your franchise at the end of a movie, 
the audience is going to expect that they're going to see him next. Sure, yeah. That just is the expectation. Yeah, but maybe, you know, to, to James's point, it's perhaps they regretted putting, you know, perhaps what they should have done to James to sort of is to put him in a, the movie a bit more because I, because oh, yeah, what, yeah. what if, what if, what if he is more of a supporting role in Batman in the Batman two, but the main villain, in the Batman three, and then all of a sudden you've, you have set expectations and you've given that you've, you know, you've given audiences very little. You haven't even said is the character's name. You haven't given him a, a whole face shot. And actually Bat Reeves is like, Oh shit. People are really going ham for this, for this cameo, but actually they're going to get now too kind of hyped for, for you know, a movie that's going to come out in two and a half years, whereas actually we probably you know, we need to satisfy them a bit more now, so that some of that anticipation is, is lessened a bit, so that we can play our longer game, maybe because it just it, the the totality of that scene in the movie plus dropping it on Twitter feels mishandled to me. Whichever mm. you know, what whatever the original intention is or the intention is now. It felt like a very weird way to do it, but it is there. Yeah, I agree. I would agree. would you? What do you think, Reese? Would you have? Would you have liked to see it in the movie? Ideally, uh, I feel like you know, in our in our text chat that we have, that we you know the the, the the three cinematic universe boys. They we talk we talk midweek. We have a chat between episodes. Of course, listeners. Of course, we're friends in real life. Uh, James said that you thought the you thought that this you thought the clip sort of coloured or, or explained further the Riddler's motivations, which. I, I just don't get. So I kind of, I don't think it would have added anything to the movie, to be honest. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. So my view is probably it would have, it probably would have just made you think, you know, had you thinking about the Joker a bit more in that last third, if, if let's say that scene was in the, you know, was sort of just between Act Two and Three, and perhaps because the performances, you know, we can talk about it, interesting, and the the makeup setup is interesting, versus versus Paul Dano's Riddler that is. You know, and we talked about it in our previous episode. Just maybe not quite, not 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 particularly interesting. Probably it might have over, overshadowed Dano a bit. But, but yeah. I'd like to hear you, James, on what I don't really know what you meant by that text because we're friends. We do text. So I just <laughs> wonder what you think of that. What you what you meant by that text? So what? Yeah, <laughs> it sounds very threatening when you put it. Like that. <laughs> what do you mean? Explain. What, what 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 do you mean by this? What did you mean by it? Uh, what what I thought was. Basically, there's no point in the movie where Batman mm. figures out specifically what the Riddler's sort of interests and motivations are. Like he, in that scene with the Joker, the, you know, and this is another example of Batman being on the back foot in this movie, but the Joker basically says to him, like, no, he's he's taking down the rich and powerful. So it's probably someone, you know, an orphan, someone forgotten, someone who's been failed by the system, and and he has that insight that Batman lacks, and that's that's a, a leap that the audience makes that Batman never does on screen. I think so. I can see I can see a good reason for having it in the in the movie. Hmm. I think if there's any good reason for taking it out, aside from the way that it limits their options by explicitly saying, you know this Batman and this Joker have met previously, which the movie as released doesn't. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, I, I, I'm tr- trying to remember the details of the scene. It, it, it also implies that the Joker was one of his earlier foes and that yeah. the reason he's in Arkham is because Batman has already taken him down at I some point. I think you're supposed to infer that from the scene. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think. Yeah. 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 But I think, I think, 
the reason to take it out is just because we've seen that we've seen the idea so many times of the detective going to the previous yes, captor, yeah. you know, the their previous foe and pumping them for information. I mean, I mean, it, to, yeah. you know, take on it. Yeah. It's literally, it's, it's a scene in the dark night where, you know, he, he goes and talks to him in, 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 uh, in, in GCPD and you get that sequence there where he's, he's being captured, but it was his plan and he's there to reveal information and they've literally already done that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the thing that I I mean I I don't think I'd be able to have a take on which of these it is until I see the movie. But I was like, I, this I think would either it would weirdly fit make it could make Batman feel like less of a loner in the movie by having mm. like even even if it is like the former villains are his friends, or the flip of that is it could feel it could feel like. Oh my god! How sad! Like it, it's even more sad and pathetic that the only person that this Batman is able to talk to is like the former villains. So, but I don't. So I, I don't know how that would have played unless I'd seen it in contact text in the film. But those were the, that. That was what was my my internal conflict that was raging while I was watching it. Um, what do you guys think of the the makeup and the character design? Because. I wasn't keen on what we saw in the film, you know, in, in the scene in the released film. Um, we get a closer look here. What What are your thoughts on it? It's that it's, it's a lot. It's very. I thought it was very uh, plasticky in the in the film that we saw in this scene. I think I get a slightly better sense of it. It reminds me, at least in the facial expression of the sort of Brian Bolland Joker design, which has mm. the that sort of rictus grin, um, which so, is one we haven't really seen since Cesar Ramiro. See, I well, was... No, Jack, Jack Nicholson, I guess. Yeah. I, I I guess, I you know, and I haven't read as many Batman comics as probably you've reviewed, but the, the thing that it reminded me of was the Scott Snyder Batman. Uh, the, the Scott Snyder Joker with the, like... Uh, and I know he literally cuts off his entire face, but like the the kind of like almost uh, cartoonishness of the amount of scarring, and almost mm. like and almost like the the makeup was like scarred on as well. That it rather than mm. yeah, that that there was like it was just like his his face was fucked up beyond measure, and it was probably self inflicted. Um, yeah, so that that's what I was getting th- from it, and I. Yeah, I, I still, I don't know. It, it it does still feel like a lot, even out of context. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to you know. You, I think uh, we could re- we could read too much into what the what the makeup job says about Reeves's take on the character. You know, oh, he must, you know, he'll be he's so physically scarred, so it will be. It, so it'll be a, a joker motivated by by that to a degree that he's you know he's he's sort of so visibly outside of society as opposed to Heath Ledger and to an extent um, Nicholson who kind of have done some of that extra work to themselves by choice. Um, I think I think that's a bit foolish though. I think actually probably you or you need or you or we ought to take is just that. Um, I was going to call him Druig. That's not his real name. Uh, the, the the Keegan performance. Um, and the you know and the limited dialogue that they have together, uh, but I was yeah I was broadly into it you know it's sort of it's and I and I you know to, 
to, to, to pick up on a previous point, I like the idea that, which is something we didn't really get in the Nolan movies, or, or I think in the Schumacher movies, this idea of Batman interacting with his rogues gallery. You know, in the comics, obviously, like he's got such history with all these characters and that uh-huh. every comic with the Penguin in it is, is in some degree informed by every previous uh, interaction the Batman has had with the Penguin. I just like the idea that these movies, plus the TV shows, could... You know, there'll be a more of a sense of a rogues, ga- sort of a living rogues gallery that that perhaps kind of mm, interacts with with each other, movie to movie and TV show. To it's TV show. something like that. that's a lot trickier to do in to do in superhero movies. I think is that idea of a like established rogues gallery. It's it's more something that is suited to the traditional model of superhero TV. You know, like you could do mm. that in a kind of like Lois and Clark style of series, you know, or like the cartoons. You can you can bring those characters back, mm. um, like you know, Batman the animated series. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. those are villains you meet him for the first time, and sometimes they're just villains that Batman's fought a bunch of times before. But it is it is it is something I guess that you're right. It's completely ingrained in comics that mm-hmm. most most of the villains that you are meeting there is that history with the hero, and. It's very rare that you get to do that in superhero movies. Even you know, like last year when we're bringing back Alfred Molina and um, mm-hmm. and Willem Dafoe, <laughs> like there's not really moments that that film doesn't have the time to like go to those two. Let's let's really dig down to the pre-existing relationship we've got with Tobey Maguire Spider Man. It's, it's just not on the film's mind, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it can't be because the 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 lead of the movie is a different Spider Man. But yeah, I think that's an interesting point, and I would like. Which is why you know, and back to my original point again, maybe in Matt Reeves's head, the Joker is, and I feel like he said this in interviews post the release, and people didn't believe him. But maybe genuinely, the Joker is not the villain of the second movie, but is in the second movie, and and you know, there's a build to something else. Mm. Um, you know, in the same way, you know, we've you, in the MCU, you see that it's easier to do. You have you know villains that build over time. Obviously, with this series, it's different because it's kind of it's not connected to wider, wider stuff. It feels like we're going to get the Batman, the Batman Two, the Batman Three, probably right. Um, so you're going to have to play around in that toolbox with a couple of TV show spin-offs. But um, yeah, that's why I think again the release of this clip maybe feeds into that. Uh, has an idea but having said that what i think would be the worst case scenario is that the batman 2 has you know three scenes where batman goes and visits the joker in arkham and we get a hannibal lecter style i mean that would be that's done so i so i hope it's not that i hope whatever (laughs) whatever reeves's idea for the joker in the batman 2 if if he's not the main villain is is a bit more interesting than that but uh, i've got faith i've got faith it, it, it has been done but also, I'll just say, like, I think that's a trope that works. It does. Mm. It does generally work. Um, mm. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too against that. What was that like? That because that's kind of what I hoped that they were going to be doing with Baron Zemo in Falcon mm. the Winter Soldier, and we, <laughs> and we, we oh, yeah, obviously didn't. That's not, that's not the take they went for with that character at all. I, I guess, uh, you know, let's hope for a Barry Keegan as the Joker dances in a, you know, European nightclub for what felt, what I think was 15 <laughs> seconds, but what felt like was about 15 minutes. <laughs> like, let's all hope for that, I guess. Yeah, sure. You're saying, Joe, you sicko. Yeah. You sick weirdo. <laughs> I'm in for it. Um, we should also mention the the Batman has performed like pretty well at the box office i think it's still difficult to have even as we are like 
seeing a box office that is less and less affected by the global pandemic. Um, it's difficult to benchmark exactly how it performed, but it feels like it's done quite well. And like the idea, I, I you know, the idea of a second and third Matt Reeves Batman feels pretty likely at this point. Oh, 100%. And I think that, I you mean, know, they've, it, 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 haven't they? they've greenlit, they've greenlit the Batman too. Yeah, but they greenlit yeah. Green Lantern too, you know? So. <laughs> and it's coming out. It's coming out. Ryan <laughs> Reynolds drinking tequila, you know, Green Lantern, bro. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, uh, it, it, I, I, I think gin. probably, Apologies you know, the, the solid, the, you know, the solid reviews for the film as well probably have, have played into that. Um, and who knows? Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, if they do really nail the, the Barry Keegan Joker, that then, They'll, you'll see a similar kind of Batman Begins to Dark Knight box office boost sure. when that when that sequel comes out. Don't you also love? I love the idea that you know uh, the Warner Brothers execs or something. They you know they probably have like weekly meetings about DCEU and how does this tie into this and spin off from the Peacemaker show and oh it's exhausting. And Matt Reeves comes and goes like, hey, listen, give me one hundred twenty million dollars, I'll make a movie and it'll make money, and they do that and then it, and then it does. And it's like, oh god, thank god. Okay, Matt Reeves, here's another 180. Just, just make <laughs> one movie, dude. Just make a movie, and like, we think that it will make money. Thank God, there's so much admin around the other stuff. Thank <laughs> you, the Lord. I mean, we that's a, you, that Matt is Reeves. a that is a good point. To be fair, which is like, there's it's a big push for everyone to do cinematic universes. But actually, what you see with stuff like the Joker and the Batman is that the cinematic universe doesn't necessarily matter if the film itself well is good and iconic i think the problem is it <laughs> the, the list of movies <laughs> the list of characters for that is uh, batman and joker <laughs> and oh Superman. okay sorry checks notes that's the end of the list i'm looking at hmm okay interesting <laughs> but hey fine you know there we have there we go we've got one <laughs> i mean I'm, I'm thinking more of stuff like godzilla and king kong like do they need to be cinematic universes probably not but I like the last one. I like. I like to win the hollow. You're, you are incorrect. Inside. You're incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Skull Island was great, and the rest are rubbish. <laughs> no, Skull Island's the bad one. Skull Island is are so bad. Are you mad? Are you mad? God damn it! Because you know, King of the Monsters is a secret masterpiece. Uh, That's definitely and... not true. <laughs> <laughs> and Gareth, good... Gareth, Gareth Edwards' Godzilla 2012 or whatever is yeah, that's, incredible. That's the best one. That's the best one. Yeah, and it sets yeah. up a similarity. I cannot abide this. <laughs> <laughs> the worst, the worst stuff about that about that series of movies was all of the shared universe stuff, all of the Hollow Earth bullshit. Like if they'd literally just done a King Kong movie, a couple of Godzilla movies, and then gone. And then we'll put them both in the last one. That would have been fine. Yeah, we don't need monarchs stitching it all together. But what if there was a hollow earth? Though it's, it's, you think about it, that, and it's intriguing. Isn't that it? is a, that is an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. And I think we oh, should shit. get away uh, from it. Quickly as possible. Uh, what if the earth was full? Was not hollow, but actually full of stuff. Full, 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 full with beans or whatever. Full, full, full. <laughs> okay, uh, we're going to move uh, move over to something uh, less controversial. Um, <laughs> let's we, we talked about the the Batman bo- box office. Let's talk about the Morbius box office. Um, <laughs> guys, have, have any of have any of us seen Morbius yet? We're obviously all going to because we're going to do an episode of the Patreon for our sins. Yeah, um, I'm too scared. I'm too scared. I'm way too scared. I can't. I don't want to. He's the living vampire. I'm. I'm actually. <laughs> I'm to my bone. I'm chilled. James? I haven't. I haven't had the time. I had to go and see Sonic Two instead. Yeah. 
<laughs> He's not joking. Um, no, I haven't yet. So, yeah, you know, take this with a pinch of salt. None of us have seen it, but the critics have, and they've rate, they've, uh, they've, they've bowled in with a seventeen percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which is not the be all and end all, obviously. Uh, but I would say the savagery of the the reviews from Morbius so far have made me very excited to see it. <laughs> I'm not, uh, yeah. I'm not even kidding. I, I, was, I saw them. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Now I'm in for this. Like middle, middle of the road, road bullshit. I, uh, I, you'd yeah. you, you be dragging me to it. Like you're telling me this is hot garbage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, it's it's also done again. Difficult to say, but it feels like fairly badly at the box office. It's. It's looking like it's going to do about $40 million this weekend, which again, not terrible, but it's not, it's not Marvel numbers and it's not, it's not even like, uh, Venom numbers. It's Um, bad news for the Sony shared universe of Marvel characters. Yeah, it, I, I'm I'm fascinated for how this is going to unfold in the in the like next couple of years because we you know we're we're, we're going to get to other movies in this news breakdown that are in that shared universe and the Sony shared universe of Marvel characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, so, some of which are already filming. So you know they're 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 zipping ahead. Um, but as we said, like there, there is there's there's just there's something so weird about Venom. Which venom, is venom, 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 venom. Success, venom, venom, venom. successful, and we all agree. We all agree, <laughs> enjoyable to watch, sublime, incredible, Oscar winning, but also difficult to conf- confidently say good. <laughs> <laughs> either of them, like even even the one that we think is more competent, maybe that makes it less good. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, going to be really interesting how they continue to stitch all this together, but. Thought it's worth mentioning Michael Morbius, who, as we all know, is a living vampire. This feels to me like the um, the, the 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 kind of chaotic promise of the Dark Universe finally realised <laughs> in the Sony's universe of Marvel's Spider Man's uh, <gasps> creative ca- characterizations oh, of, of of heroes and villains. Universe that is a great point. You know, like the, that picture, the the iconic picture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the madness that that. Made us think thought about the iconic picture scheduling for middle aged guys, <laughs> yeah, looking and sort of journey. confused about being in the yes. same room. And, but like, yeah, I just, this journey. could, you know, I, 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 uh, let's see, without spoiling, uh, yes, of course, I've read the end credit scenes of Morbius, <laughs> of course, I've Reese has done that. Um, and it just right. does make me think, like, what the, what the. F man, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind. Of, I'm kind of weirdly curious as to the nonsense of all this, and and also crucially, obviously, how the hell it's gonna tie in or not tie into Spider Man? Which Spider Man? Who who Spider Man? All the Spider Man? It's what are the rights? What's going on? It's it's drama. I I am a messy bitch who lives for drama, and this feels to me. It, it appeals to me. Okay, then, Reese, I've got something else that's going to appeal to you. Have either, have either of you seen what Tyrese has posted on his Instagram this weekend? No. Right, no. This, is, this is amazing. It is a photoshopped picture of Martin Scorsese stood in front of the Morbius, okay. like, you know, like backdrop. And it says, okay. quotes, I was aghast to find out it was based on a comic book. This is the truest height of cinema, and even I cannot top it. A wise man admits when he was wrong, and I was wrong. I apologise to all comic book movies. 
<laughs> to which to which to which Tyrese has quoted, Wow, 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 I can't believe what's just happened. Whoa. Cheers and hats off to you, Daniel Espinosa. This is so amazing, King. This is the king of kings of cinema, Martin Scorsese. This is huge. <laughs> do you think he do you think he do you think he genuinely doesn't know that that's what I thought? Yeah, he genuinely he genuinely doesn't know. Incredible. Uh, Incredible. he genuinely doesn't know that he's just found this Incredible. random tweet. Uh, his, oh his next is a screenshot of someone who's tweeted uh. No offense to critics, but y'all wouldn't know a good movie if it bit your ass and turned you into Spider-Man. Morbius was amazing. Um, so, you know, Tyrese is feeling good about his movie, at least. So that's that's nice. Can I can I be can I, I, I just wanna I just so can we all agree now? Me, Reese, James, you at home the listener. <laughs> let's none of us tell Tyrese. Let let's let him have it. Let's well, let can him I have tell you? I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <sighs> I'm not going to be the one. Right, thanks, Here's guys. my biggest slam on Tyrese. Uh, I've read probably three, four reviews of this movie of Morbius, uh, you know, at the end of last week. Um, as you just started talking, I had forgotten that Tyrese was in this. <laughs> so that's a pretty, that's a pretty bad slam. The reviews, I think, listen, I'm sorry, Tyrese. I don't think that, I don't think, I feel like you have a small role in this movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, We'll get to it properly yes, we on, will. on a Patreon episode shortly. Um, Pay us two pounds fifty for that kind <laughs> of delicious content. Um, okay, uh, some Deadpool news. Uh, so we we've known for a while that Deadpool was one of cheeky the, was no. was the one comp. He is cheeky. He knows he's <laughs> in the movie. Um, he's a Roman. <laughs> And Deadpool was the the one character who we were like certain straight away because Kevin Feige said so would would enter the the MCU in some capacity. Now, whether you know, but whether that's interacting with the characters we know in the MCU or not, I'm sure it will be, but remains to be seen. Um, but you know, no news for the first year or so after that deal happened. Uh, but now apparently it is moving ahead. It's Deadpool three um, and. It's got a director, and that director is the author who brought you Free Guy. It's, it's Sean Levy. Don't forget the Adam Project. He did also bring us the Adam Project. Yeah. Um, Don't forget Real Steel. He brought us Real <laughs> Steel. So, Please. Uh, Sean Levy is uh, like, I, I think, like, undeniably, with, you know, as a producer, a director, like, he gets shit made in Hollywood. He just, hmm. he just does. And like, you look, you, you look at his career. Um, he started, I guess, breakthrough with just married cheaper by the dozen. Uh, the pink Panther makes the night at the museum movies. Uh, yeah. Real steel is his first kind of actiony movie date night, the internship. Um, he has a bit of a hand in stranger things um and then yeah mo- more recently has huge success with free guy which is like what well, you know one of the, one of these few like true pandemic success stories um in hollywood uh, obviously another ryan reynolds project and then the adam project which showed up on netflix the other week and seemed to be getting like a, a decent ish reception um 
But like, yeah, and, and that's like, what if Ryan Reynolds was a widow boy? Is that the that's the premise? What if Ryan Reynolds was the flight of the Navigator? Yeah, what what if Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> okay. But is 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 it not what if Ryan Reynolds teamed up with his younger self? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a bad cheek, film. It's a very bad okay. film. Uh, I I haven't been moved to watch it. I was I was moved to watch Free Guy because it it felt like something that was such a like it it becomes such a big deal. That I was like, well, I've got to, I've got to see this thing and. I thought it was very uninspiring, but mm-hmm. like he's obviously, he's obviously positioned himself as a someone who the Hollywood studios are like, yeah, this this guy can make money. Um, like Free Guy was his first movie since Night at the Museum three in twenty fourteen, and then he's <laughs> he's done that and the Adam Project back to back. Um, but yeah, a guy a guy who can make money, a guy who Ryan Reynolds obviously feels very comfortable with. And I do think there is this, in, there is an interesting phenomenon with these, like, you know, actors who reach like mega, mega star status and a point in their career where they're like, all I want to do is not risk this. And right. they, and they fight, you know, you know, like, like Tom, Tom Cruise with Tom Cruise with Macquarie is the other, yeah. And they, yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you do see like actors gravitate towards these kind of guys and, yeah. Um, hey, just don't make me look. Don't make me look fat or old, please. I'm getting to the point where I'm getting a bit fat and a bit old. But I need to sell movie tickets to like twelve year olds. Just, just come on, make me look cool. But, <laughs> so, but, it, but, and I, I guess the more I think about this, when I first saw this, I was like, really, really, Sean, you're giving Sean Levy an MCU movie. But then I was like, well. The De- the Deadpool movies, they're, they're not the best looking. The first two movies aren't the two best looking movies in the world. I know they they hired the John Wick guy for Deadpool two, and I don't think that anyone kind of walks away from that going like, oh, it was so much better because the action mm. felt bigger this time and less mm. made in a computer. And so Sean Levy is the safe pair of hands. Mm-hmm. And I, I joke, I I made the auto joke specifically because. You know that you don't. You probably don't need someone like that in a Deadpool movie because that is Ryan Reynolds. You know, he's yeah. star producer. Um, you know, with Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick is you know I think has probably had a hand in the writing of these movies as well, even if he's not directly credited. Like the the, the dialogue feels very Ryan Reynolds all the time, doesn't it? Well, and obviously Deadpool himself, obviously is sort of Deadpool like, is a credited writer. He, he, of course, he's, yeah, he's yeah, gets yeah. credit. I mean, he's. He's sort of doing shooting bad guys, but he's he's in the room. So he's in the writers' room for sure. So uh, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I guess I like. Uh, it, pro- it probably makes sense. And... It's it's no worse a choice than any other choice would have been. Because if they if they denounce, if, you know, if they, um, but you know, you know, so, think. I think that, I've, but I think the flip side of this, Julie is... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they announce Deadpool three. But yeah, you know, Deadpool now he's got a taste for human flesh, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you, sometimes they announce directors for these comic book movies, and you go, "Really? That, right? Wow. <laughs> okay. Why is that? Why is that person directing a comic book movie? And director, director of Blade, who directed Mogul Mowgli. They would, they, I would give you as an example, like, oh, what? Okay." Yeah, or, or J.C. Chandor directing the Craven Hunter movie. <laughs> yeah, that one's wild. Or Chloe Zhao directing Eternals, you know? Like, all of, sure. all of these exact... And, and you, like, at the end of the day, you wonder, like, 
you know, in some situations more than others, the MCU being that situation, like how much can they actually bring to this? And so actually Sean Levy, a guy who knows who knows how to make movies at the scale, can get on well with Ryan Reynolds. Fine, I guess. <laughs> I've been I'm in- still, you know, I think that's the level of enthusiasm <laughs> across. Welcome to this podcast in 2022, James. I don't know. <laughs> have you been interact? Have you been participating in the show? Um, but you know, the, the Deadpool three, you know, that's sort of it's continues to be an interesting. Uh, you know, it's 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 it's. I think we all still wonder. Now it's been you know, not just announced, but a director attached. It's happening. It's obviously happening pretty soon. If there's a director attached. You know what's the, what is it going to be? How is it going to be? Is it going to have dicks in it and and people get blown up? I mean, gen- and, and will genuinely right. be in the MCU. I'm just it's curious, right? One of my concerns about them hiring Sean Levy is that the the last two films and to some extent his entire filmography are very blandly family friendly, which is the one thing I don't want out of a Deadpool movie. I yeah, but I don't. I don't know. It's going to be interesting what what they do with it. I but I, mm-hmm. I, I I think that there is when I look at the Marvel projects, I think that there are there are ways that they get around like you know, maybe there won't be a joke about his hand feeling like a baby's hand when he's jerking himself off. But, you know, maybe there will still be outrageous jokes that they're just more, you know, more confident that they can get within a certain rating. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible that, you know, putting some limits on the jokes they can attempt will make the humour funnier. Because that is certainly true in some cases. Yeah. I don't know what James thinks of this, but I wouldn't be shocked if there became a... Remember the um, Joker's Art of Marvel Knights, like, sub-brand in the 90s? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Oh, I'm not just surprised. I, I, I kind of think that they're almost going to be forced into creating something separate, right? Something that isn't the bum, <laughs> bum, 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 like something yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, that says to audiences, this next movie or TV show you're about to watch is a bit more grown up, and, you know? It's, it's you know, within that world, but it's a bit more grown up. You, you have to navigate maybe it's got, like, that more stuff shred, anyway. Shredding guitar. It's maybe got it's the same <laughs> tune, but it's like a shredding guitar. You know, they did do Marvel Knights as a as a movie studio imprint pre MCU, I think. Hmm. I just you when know, Marvel w- Plus, Marvel Marvel After Dark, Max, most of this Max, I think. most of this stuff is in, increasingly being designed for. It's going to sit on Disney Plus for the rest of its existence, right? And yeah. you have to, you know, right now we can log on to Disney Plus and we can watch Daredevil torturing people's eyes, which we yeah, talked about. A long time years ago about whether that would ever be possible, and yeah, they just put it on there. And you know, <laughs> well, we'll get to that. Uh, and one of the big, yeah, but one of the big releases this year for that platform, certainly in the UK, was Pam and Tommy. Fresh. Oh, sure. Well, and fresh, yeah, you know, and like fresh, that, right? yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. con- that content is just sitting on that platform. So I, but isn't that? But it, but isn't? Aren't we the exception that that you know? I, like in the US, I don't think that's Disney Plus doesn't have. Stars. Like Hulu is the is the thing with that stuff on yeah. it. and it's a separate app and a separate payments sub and you, you know if you're if you're at Disney I would have thought you're probably you know the star setup that we have here is probably not what that what is top of mind for 
for how they think about you know mature mature content on the, on the Disney streaming platform, etc. I'm not sure. I think they did this week globally put on a film starring um, an anti-vaxxer, a cannibal, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and a conspiracy theorist, and they're like, and "This is a this is a Death on the Nile joke, which I'm yes. here for." I enjoyed that. Yep, fun. <laughs> you look down, fun, that, fun, you fun. Look down that cast list, and you're like, "Shit!" It literally gets you're like, you're, you're like, I mean, obviously, like. You were never the most confident with him, but no, yeah, Russell Brand got achieved like full cancellation the week before this drops on Disney Plus. You're like, how? You, <laughs> you get to you get to Dawn French. You're like, what? Oh my god, what did she do? She must have done something. <laughs> like, I'm I'm now all worried for her. You, you know, know does she? Gal- did she did she throw a dog into the Thames? Gal Gadot is one of the know. least problematic people in this cast right now, <laughs> yes. and she's the author of the Imagine video. I mean, I don't know what's going on. So, uh, so yeah. Anyway, what we're talking about? Deadpool three coming to Disney Plus um, in twenty twenty four. Okay, uh, let's move on. James, um, I'm going to give you uh, an opportunity to celebrate now um, <laughs> to to gloat a little bit. Um, <laughs> And also, uh, I think this ties in very nicely with the last piece of news. Um, very likely that in the next few years, also arriving on Disney Plus will be Dick Ryder. Richard Ryder, yes. <laughs> do, you say, do you say Vic Ryder? Dick, Dick, R- Ryder. Dick Ryder. Oh, okay. He just got his name wrong. Vic Ryder. That's his, <laughs> that's his badass brother with a leather jacket. Um, so, yeah, apparently, apparently Marvel are developing a Nova project, um, which is being developed by Moon Knight writer Sabir Pizarda. Um, no, no details on whether it would be a movie or a Disney Plus series, but my guess would be movie. Do you? What do you guys think? I would expect a movie. Again, this is, for those who don't know, we did a Patreon episode where we had predictions for this year. And in the section where we predicted what would be announced from Marvel this year, my pick was a Nova project. What did I predict, and James? I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> certainly hasn't been. An, think, certainly hasn't been announced yet. I'll tell you. I, think it's, I think it's wild because I predict that Morbius would hit an eighty-five million uh, global bow opening weekend. So that's. I, mean, I have to take credit for that. Oh wait, I wasn't on the episode. <laughs> you were asleep. But yeah, um, I think yeah, a movie makes sense. The most of the reports say it's going to be Richard Ryder, but it's hard to tell whether that's. Um, whether that's them just inferring from the fact that it's a Nova project, there'll be Richard Ryder because in sort of recent years, Marvel created a new Nova called Sam Alexander, mm. who his backstory seems to fit the MCU a lot more in that it's kind of like if the Green Lantern Corps were wiped out and there was just one of them left. Because um, in, you know, the the Nova Corps operate in the same sort of Space Police area as the Green Lantern Corps in the DC universe. Well, and we we've we've speculated about this for a while, right? That no, the the reason Nova has made sense as a potential project is mm. we met the Nova Corps. They're yeah. established in the MCU, and off screen, the planet that they are based on was <laughs> presumably leveled by Thanos because that's where 
he got the one Infinity Stone that we didn't see him yeah, collect. Yeah, exactly. There's definitely a flashback waiting to happen there. So, you know, it makes sense that, you know, we, we get a flashback of, like, a, a, a dying John C. Riley and... Yep. And the wife herself, Glenn Close. And, and Glenn Close, yeah. yeah. And the wife back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that wig. And, <laughs> and well, then, maybe she could be, she could have the Albert Nobbs wig instead. Like that's not, you know, that's at that time she was more Albert Nobbs up. That would be fun. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can pitch that to Sabir Pizzada. Um, I'm going to walk in right now. She lives around the corner. But I, uh, James, I'm guess I, I, I would be surprised if someone's just read a Wikipedia article when, a you know a marvel pro- you know this is just in crawl at deadline i think this is i think someone has briefed them that that's what's been developed that it yeah. is a, that i i think even even if it's richard Ryder's name i think it's going to be the sam alexander story yes which would yeah which wouldn't be or or you know that like it is like a father and son story that there's two of them left rather than one yeah 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 um so yeah that that would uh, you know i i i think Nova feels like a no-brainer for the MCU. Like, if you just told me three or four years ago that we'd be getting, you know, Moon Knight before we got Nova, I would have been stunned, but here we are. Um, well, I think there's also, uh, you know, I think there's a question, well, not question mark, but um, James Gunn has totally owned all of the sort of space stuff, basically, since Guardians. Uh, and I'd probably presume that he won't, really be involved with mcu after guardians 3 yeah i think there's a you know and maybe some of those characters will get broadly um you know sunsetted uh so i you know you could see nova whatever whatever version of nova is and whatever whatever movie or tv show this is and the shepherd of it there will need to be a there'll need to be someone taking a bit of ownership i think of the the space stuff going you know post james gunn i think and you'd imagine that there's going to be a lot more space stuff than there has been as well I think the Marvels is probably yeah. going to be space set, secret invasion. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, wow. I, I think um, I think secret invasion as well. Right, is is going to have spacey elements to it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it would it would make sense that after the after we're done with the Guardians, that that, that there is there is a replacement for that. Is there an concept. James? Is there an obvious? Is there an obvious like successor to the Guardian space franchise that that could you know that could kind of pop in after Guardians Three? Um, I guess. I mean, I think if I was gonna if don't, I was gonna carry on, don't know if I mean, you've heard about the Eternals. <laughs> oh shit! I think you mean just Eternals. Drop the there, it's cleaner. Uh, yeah, I have heard about Eternals. <laughs> I, I, guess, I, think, I guess actually it's, it's that, isn't it? It is it that. Is. Yeah, shit. Sure. Well, to a point, okay. I think. End of conversation. Think... Goodbye. It's, ha- <laughs> it's, it's Harry Styles, baby. I yeah. think you can just keep doing the Guardians and change the lineup because you know it's, <laughs> it's not much of a established property outside the movies. Like one of the things that the comics do is rotate the lineups of teams in and out, and that might be a good test case for mm. you know the upcoming Avengers version, maybe, which is going to lack a lot of the key players. You know, how much can they actually get away with? If they call it Guardians, are people still going to turn up if Chris Pratt isn't there? Who knows? Yes. I think so too, but who knows? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, ne- next piece of news, same with um, the MCU. Uh, this is... Uh, we don't need to discuss this for too long, but I'd just like to 
take a minute to appreciate that the Doctor Strange in the, and the Multiverse of Madness running time is two hours and six minutes. Two hours and six minutes. That's ridiculous. <sighs> I Did think... they run out of money or something? <laughs> you can't. You can't call that a movie. <laughs> I think if you'd have told me, if you'd have said to me, how long do you want the Doctor Strange sequel to be? I'd go, well, Multiverse of Madness sounds like there's a lot of shit going on there. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to let you go over like 90, 100 minutes. I don't want another three. Just around, <laughs> just just over two hours? Two hours? Two hours 15 max. Yeah. Two hours six. Yeah, baby. I'm in for it. Yeah. Two hours six sounds great. <laughs> Doesn't it? Doesn't it just? But, you know, okay, conspiracy theory time. What? Come on. Well, you know. (laughs) You know, the earth is not hollow, (laughs) Reese. You know, lots of. I know know that they all do reshoots, but comments about the reshoots of this movie over the past X and how, you know. Wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't we all, wouldn't they all love for, for Multiverse to be a. Spider-Man three level success, of course. Um, the Patrick Stewart in the trailer, all that sort of shit, you know. And the Sam Raimi, the Sam Raimi of it all, it, from, from the off, you know, feeling like, is he really? Is he not going to get subsumed by this? Isn't he too much of a? Isn't he too altruist of a director to actually to actually live in this world? I just wonder. You know, two thousand six. I think also, if you're a conspiracy theorist, you go, oh, okay, so this movie. <laughs> So this this uh, this had problems and uh, and they have had to piece together something and we've just gotten to two hours and six, which is probably what twelve minutes of credit. So I, that is a I think that is as much of a stretch as the deleted section of our Patreon episode where you suggested that that that, that in fact was not Patrick Stewart and, <laughs> and, and 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 actually you thought that it would be James McAvoy in the movie. <laughs> He, do you know, just while we're on that, since since we mentioned that, he he has flatly denied that he is playing Professor X in the movie. I know, I've so. denied it. I've denied it. I've Who, denied it wait, time. who's uh, denied you know. it? McAvoy. James McAvoy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, someone asked him on Instagram Live or something, like, do you miss playing Professor X? And he was like, no. I just thought it was worth mentioning at that at that moment when, when James said, uh, when Reese mentioned the trailer with Patrick Stewart in it. I was like, okay, it's, it's worth mentioning that we had the most insane conversation where Reese where was like, the fact that that sounds like his voice might be a misdirect. <laughs> we can't all be right 100% of the time. We can't all be sober 100% of the time either. <laughs> uh, okay, um, we're going to stick with the MCU bits of news. Uh, now, this I had to check was, uh, like, I, I made Reese and James both Google this separately to check that this was actual news and not something that had just been made up for April Fool's. That has made gathering news for this episode even more tricky than it normally would be. Um, apparently, Michael Giacchino is directing the Werewolf by Night Halloween special for Disney Plus. Which, so you know, this is the Werewolf by Night, the, or the, the as I call it, the Jack Russell project, um, <laughs> which you know we've, we is starring Gael Garcia Bernal is going to be like a one-off. Halloween special um, is being directed by Michael Giacchino, who is obviously the, you know, he's a composer. He's not directed anything to my knowledge before. He, you know, he's the, he's the guy who, 
who composed the the fanfare that we see at the start of all of the Marvel projects. He he did the score for the Batman. He's he's great. I love Michael Giacchino. He's a great composer. I'm just completely caught off guard by the news <laughs> that he's directing this thing. In fairness, he has directed a short trek. Oh, do you, what? Remember, do you know what the short treks are? Uh, I'm assuming uh, Star Trek, but shorter. Star Trek Minnesodes, they are. He did one this of those is, in in 2019. Okay. For me, this is this is possibly like proper like dystopian like end of cinema <laughs> news story because you guys you guys see the 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 New York Times Ross Ross Duthart um, article about. I've just put up now. We aren't just well, the headline is we aren't just watching the decline of the Oscars. We're watching the end of the movies. This was just before the Oscars last week, and it was, <laughs> you know, he was fairly negative on uh, film and on cinema as a medium. But I don't know. Well, it was mocked, etc. But in in a way, this is uh, this is a bit dystopian. You know, Michael Giacchino. Like for listeners, as a reminder, Joe, you walked down the aisle to Michael Giacchino music. Uh, yeah, right, re- from, reimagined. From yes. Yeah. Well, I did. Yes, my yes, wife. Yes, my yes. wife did. I was stood at the top. Yeah, you were there. I believe you were there. <laughs> um, but this is a this is a very successful, uh, very Im- impressive, influential composer. And just the idea that his the next steps for him are. Yeah, I think I'm. Hmm, I think in this industry, I think for me, the best next steps are to direct the Werewolf by Night <sighs> uh, Halloween special. It's just. It's just. Bonkers. I hate it. I kind of hate it. I just don't understand it. Like, well, he wants to, you know, what's the equivalent? Um, Wally Fisher directing Transcendence. Oh God! Right? Like, you know, oh. you know. <laughs> well, maybe it is. This is not that. Un- it's not that uncommon <laughs> to have sort of people quite high up the. Um, I was going to say, creative call sheet, moving into direction. But, right? That's not. That's but not cinematographer that moving to direction feels like less of a leap than composer. I was thinking Simon Kinberg. Moving from producer mm-hmm. to director. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Oh God! Stop naming these terrible movies. <laughs> um, look, I, I, I hope it's. I, I hope he has a nice time, and that Werewolf by Night is watchable, but that he he broadly just goes back and continues doing his music. It which does. Is nice. It does seem unlikely that he can be as accomplished a director as he is a composer. Yeah. But until he's tried it, we don't know. I'm trying know. to think of. I'm trying to give anybody I can think of that had separate. You know, like John Carpenter, sort of obviously, sort of jumps to mind as a as a very important movie mm-hmm. music composer and director. But they were they were so in parallel. He was basically just composing music for his own movies. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, listen, you know, listeners. I think in, chime in, but I can't. I I don't think I can think of anybody. I mean, in comics, there are plenty of examples of people switching disciplines like you get you know colorists who become writers mm. artists who become writers you get salespeople who become writers you know peter david very mm. famous and accomplished comic writer you know started out in the sales department mm. and you know ended up on a book basically by pitching editors and getting stuff that no one else wanted like it's it's mm. not impossible to to switch disciplines i think mm. it it'll be a loss to composing overall if he yeah, becomes a, a mid-range director, but maybe yes. he'll be great. Who knows? You know, and Wally, Wally Fister, of course, who was a incredible cinematographer before he made that movie. And then it's, I don't think, has he made anything since? Is he just like, <laughs> is that, has he just been in director slash cinematographer's jail since, since Transcendence came out? I, I 
think he has. I don't know if there's a, there is a cinematographer's jail. Maybe it's just after he's done that, he's like, well, I can't be wrong. It's just anymore. they just shut the they just closed the um, aperture, right? They just shut the, the thing in <laughs> front of the camera. <laughs> That's the equivalent of cinematographer's jail. What's it called though? That was a good joke, but I couldn't think of what it was called. What's the thing called? The shutter. The the thing at the front of the camera, the, yeah, the, the clicker, the right? Sh- the, the shutter, right? The shutter, yeah. yeah. Okay, the shutter. I fine. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, Michael Chiquino <laughs> <Michael Chiquino laughs> is directing the, the, the Werewolf by Night. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. End the podcast now. Should we just walk away from that? <laughs> I should say I don't. I, I I don't think that we are in like the end times of a medium. I just think we are in. Right. We are in the like insane, oversaturated point of the medium, and there is a lot of shit being churned out. Um, I still, you know, I still think like I, I, I. I I doubt my top 10 movies of 2021 are like significantly worse or significantly different than my top 10 movies of 2011. I still think that there is still good stuff being made and interesting stuff being made. It's just a weird, weird time for the industry as it tries to get its head around streaming and, Mm. and the kind of the growth of television that preceded it. It's just a, it's just a very weird time. (laughs) There were still good movies last year. There were there were good movies that were that were nominated for best picture at the Oscars. A good one didn't win, but hey. <laughs> um, yeah, there are still there are still good movies this year. You know, Sonic Two. James, you saw this today, right? So they're still <laughs> they're still making the good stuff. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, okay, uh, last little bit of uh, Marvel news. Um, apparently, Martin Freeman's going to be in Secret Invasion. So nice to know that he's still getting a Marvel check. Can you remember the name of his character, Reese? I yes, uh, uh, Christopher Smith Smithsonson, I believe. <laughs> no, to be fair, I, it's wait. I was going to say Rupert Everett. No, it's not that either. It's no, he's uh, he's yeah, but yeah, Everett Ross. Yes. Everett Ross. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> I only remember that because he's a comics character. To be yeah. fair, uh, I wonder if he's yeah. going to be. He's. I wonder if he's going to be in Black Panther two. Surely not, right? Or is he? I think he's been announced, and I think he is in. Is it. he? Yeah. Just feels. He's, he's good. He's the new Black Panther. He's the lead. I don't yeah. know if you, you might have missed that. Twist. That was, and that was before Chadwick Boseman died. Like, it was actually, Google uh, <laughs> was like, why don't we make the white guy the main character, I think. That's the, that oh. is the next step for Wakanda. So anyway, he's in he's in Secret Invasion, uh, which feels like a, a good a good fit for that character. You know, if you're going to call, if you're going to call in your MCU favors, right, his, we, we need to bring this back. Do we think <laughs> Everett Ross is a scroll? Uh, yes. ooh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I, I, I like a scroll because you know we've seen we've we've seen so little from him really, so that feels like a real easy win as a scroll. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then before we move off of the MCU corner, uh, James, you alluded to this earlier. Um, uh, it, <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether this. I don't think this was announced. I think someone just spotted it. Um, mm-hmm. Disney <laughs> Disney Plus has edited Falcon and the Winter Soldier to remove some of the blood and violence, which I, I you know, we can we can talk about the the actual con- context of this in the first place. It's hilarious to watch some of the clips that they have edited, like removing some blood splatter. Fine, uh, one of the 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 most intense like violent sequences in that show that we talked about is in the like unhinged um episode from the 
from the uh, the John Wick writer. The one set in Madripoor, yeah. Yeah, the one set in Madripoor, where uh, they're fighting outside of the uh, storage containers. And <laughs> one shot that I saw going around Twitter of Bucky spearing someone with a metal pipe into a storage, into one of the containers. Um has now been re-edited so the metal pipe bounces off them, but the person is still visibly pinned by something back against the, against the container. Uh, like, because you can't edit around something like that. It, it just lo- it looks how it looks. And um, it's wild that it's wild, but not surprising that Disney are doing this, I guess. Well, the thing that I find sort of interesting about it is this was custom made for Disney Plus in the first instance. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, are they changing their guidelines? Are they just enforcing them more rigorously? Like, what's going on there? It's or, strange. I wonder if it's something around, like, even parental controls that, like, yeah, stuff will show up on the homepage or stuff will show up if if your, you know, if your account on Disney Plus is set to that content level. And so it just, by removing those bits of stuff, it puts it in front of a wider audience. It's just, I guess what's interesting to me, it's like th- stuff like this and the edits to Splash where they ex- <laughs> extended Daryl's hair, uh, Daryl Hannah's hair to cover her bum. Um, like this is, I-, I wonder how many of these we just don't spot. And not even just on streaming services now, you know, that like, I was going to say that the edits studios, made to, to No Way Home after it was released. Yeah, and, and movie studios can do this now. They just up Rishi uh, work in a cinema. They just update the file, right? And they do, yes. Uh, and do. then, yeah, the, the, the movie's changed. Yep. It would be nice but, if but, they could can make Morbius into a good movie before we see it. <laughs> <laughs> they might. Yeah. What if what if audiences love Morbius? So they're like, well, I guess they must have changed the file, you know, after the critics review. <laughs> Um, but the bit, uh, you know, this uh, the the Disney Plus um, Falcon stuff ties into our pre- our previous chat about about Deadpool or you know the Daredevil show. Or it doesn't it 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 just feel it doesn't feel joined up thinking. I, I'm I continue to be confused by you know. So what is it? Is Disney Plus just just for kids? Which is fine if that was nice and clear. But again, in the UK, you've got stuff like Fresh on there, which has. Uh, um, Daisy Edgar Jones getting you know chomped on by Sebastian Stan, uh, you know in in a movie, not not it's not a documentary. Um, and then you got uh, I'd, I'd watch both. <laughs> sure. And then you've so got would Army Hammer. The announcement, right? And sure, <laughs> Sean Levy directed. I still think that will be adult tinge. So so just I, I, this is this feels like probably something that we are we are in between sort of settings or or, or updates or on. On Disney Plus, like that, you know, in a year's time, which uh, you know, I'm sure Disney would like it to be clearer what what's the version of, of that content that is for kids and is the Disney brand, the sort of pure Disney brand, and what what bucket all the other stuff lives in. Um, but but right now, when things are when movies, you know, TV shows are getting just updated seemingly randomly to delete, you know, a violent scene, it, it, it's. It's just a bit random, and 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 that that feels quite unlike, you know, a big corporate entity like Disney to just do things randomly without it does without messaging out what what what's happening and why. Have you guys read any of the stuff around um, the Bob's Iger and Chapek in recent weeks with no 
So no. I, I recommend, you know, to you and our listeners, it's, it's really interesting some of the stuff that has come out a, around, like, the the handover from Bowiger and how it was kind mm. of initially delayed or he, like, said that he would stick mm. around for a little bit longer when the pandemic hit and that that basically broke the relationship with Chapek, who thought he was trying to muscle in. And despite Iger kind of like sticking around at Disney for longer, basically they weren't talking for that entire period Mm. of time. And it led to some like high profile flubs from Disney from a PR perspective. And the the, the Scarlett Hansen, the way the Scarlett Hansen lawsuit was handled was referenced as part of that. Um, so yeah, it does sound like a company that at a mm. at a big global corporate level has had somewhat of an identity crisis over the past couple mm. of years, and also as has been evidenced by the the their response to the "Don't Say Gay" uh, laws in Florida, that JPEG isn't necessarily covering himself in glory with the way that the mm. the company responds to this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah. That's all interesting. I think some. I think sometimes we forget that even in huge, you know, huge corporations, uh, some of the biggest in the world, entertainment or otherwise, there there often is a, you know, a man. Unfortunately, it is a man often, uh, as uh, you know, in that top leadership role. That and, and depending on who that man is and their values and and uh, and thoughts, things happen differently. Mm-hmm. I, you know, again, I, th- I kind of think that's. Your gut would go, oh no, like Apple or Disney will just be Apple or Disney. But actually, whether it's you know one uh, very powerful, one, or... one very powerful person being bad at their job yeah. can have a can yeah have a exactly big being bad at that job. But that's exactly right. That can have impact and can and can and and impact things that we as as just um oh, but mere lowly consumers oh just want to watch the, you know the uh, Mickey Mouse cartoon. Reese, um, I'm not. A, you know, d- d- I, we've got a podcast. We're renovated phone. We have a um a podcast and actually a Patreon. I don't know if you guys have heard two pounds fifty. Uh we are obviously you know strong people, but you know, most people are normal. Yeah. I just uh, w- one final thought on this. I I I, I do feel like and I, I think the opportunity has been and gone now, but a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I think the advent of the streaming era, uh, there's, there has been a real missed opportunity of re-looking at, 
you know, the language, sex, violence, other, and mm. and what what constitutes mature content? What do, you know? Mm-hmm. What what are the age ratings? And I know I know bodies like the BBFC try to evolve over time, and the MPAA had well, you know, certainly certainly the Hayes Code in America was pretty much abolished in the late 60s, mm-hmm. 70s when filmmakers rebelled. So, you know, there are opportunities to change this over time. But, like, I, I this for me is a perfect example of how our... how our, our maturity ratings for content is broken. That, you know, you can go, let's depict the exact same stuff but have less blood splatter or... You know, let's let's have someone throw a pipe at someone and then be pinned to a surface, but we see the pipe bounce away, and that's okay. And that someone two or three years younger can now watch this, mm. as if as if violence with no consequences <laughs> is, is worse than morally acceptable. Yeah, I, I, I just I, I I've always found it wild. I've always found it wild that you know. Um, Certain swear words are so much worse than others, and like, I, I mean, for me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop a couple here, but like, I've always thought that there is like a, an, an ingrained misogyny to the fact that you know, calling someone a cock or a dick is so much less offensive than calling someone a pussy or a cunt. You know, like, oh my I, god, it just, but it, it, Jesus Christ, Joe, please, please, <laughs> Joe, please, it's it, please. that that seems wild to me. It seems wild to me that you know. Um, yeah, that 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 again, like the misogyny of female nudity being so much more objectionable than male nudity. That like <laughs> the only thing that you can't see on a man is their penis, but that like everything else is fair game. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, and their relationship with each other that that sex and nudity is worse than violence. Like the the violence and the language that you can put into like a 12A slash PG-13 movie versus what level of nudity you could. Like, when... I d- yeah, like... You, like Nudity is just a, a, natu- a natural thing, whereas violence actually, you know, has, like... I was going to say, on this topic, one of my sort of pie-in-the-sky wishes for, you know, if we can't fix the gun laws in America... How about we just make a law that if someone gets shot in a movie, it has to look realistic? <laughs> like if you if you want to use a gun in your film, that's fine. Portray the consequences accurately. <laughs> like whether that means, you know, if that means taking a chunk out of someone's head, fair enough. Show it. Show it if you have to. <laughs> and if not, maybe don't use a gun. Yeah, I mean, I might, yeah. but that's I yeah. I'm, saying, that's yeah. but I I. I that kind of comes back to my frustrations with all this stuff as well, is that, you know, like it, it's, it's so much more than like, okay, how, how many swear words in this movie do we have? What part of a, of a human's body have we shown? Like it's, it's, it's all about the context, right? And it's all about like, you know, a sex scene, depending on the sex scene can be like, radically different in how appropriate it is for people of different ages um but yeah i think we've i think we've missed the opportunity and i think this is a great example of like we are we are just you know sinking deeper and deeper into the same retrograde systems even though all of this stuff is now in the wild west of the internet rather than in a movie studio or being you know broadcast on television um 
It's weird. It's weird. Anyway, um, we can we'll we'll stick with some Marvel stuff. Um, but we'll do the we'll do the the, the, the Spider Man extended. What what's it called, Reese? The Sony the Sony Sony. extended universe of universe Marvel characters. Of Marvel characters in a in a in a, in a Sony branded PlayStation God <laughs> um, War uh, influenced uh, content um, pipeline production. <laughs> Uh, int- interest uh, film. Why don't we call it the Mar- video game? <laughs> why don't Why don't we call it the Marvio Extended Universe? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like like the Sony Ibo dogs, like the dogs. I just I I, I just think you know that there's there's some corporate synergy that can be worked in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it. From anyway, I, I don't think we're going to be able to say much about this because uh, like. I mean, whisper it. Yeah, give us, give J- us forty-five minutes. We'll, J- we'll fill some time. James is very old, but Reese and I are still old. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney has been cast in Madame Web. Um, have you guys seen anything with Sydney Sweeney? And she's big, she's she's big with the teens. Nope. I've seen a headline in. I've seen a headline referencing the fact that her grandparents said she had the best tits in Hollywood. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh Jesus Christ! That's a, that's a real thing. That's a real thing, by the way. Um, um, I yeah. just checked. She's twenty four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at a picture of her, and I was just like, uh, "I'm not so sure we can say that." Wait, she, uh, she's uh, she's best known for Euphoria. She she is in she was in the White Lotus, and apparently the Handmaid's Tale. I don't know, but um, yeah, she's she's a, a big deal right now. She's going to be in the uh, Madame Web movie, which fuck's sake, is, which is not happening. Sake. That's not happening. what is this. Thing. <laughs> so, Morbius is coming out. Craven feels like it's filming this man and Web. What is happening? Okay, so Cra- Craven is Please. filming, and oh, and Oscar winner Ariana Debose Ugh. has been cast as Calypso Ugh. in that movie. So, just a reminder that this is the Craven the Hunter movie, directed by J.C. Chandor, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson. And now Oscar winner Ariana DeBose. And Russell Crowe. And Ariana. The cast is crazy good. Mad, mad, yeah. mad. Um, I, I, you know, uh, James. When I said the the when I mentioned the character Calypso to him pre-record, was like, "Ah, oh, I don't think I've heard of that character." Um, well, let me tell you that she is a voodoo priestess who utilizes magic potions. And besides being an adversary of Spider-Man, is the occasional partner and lover of Craven. Um, that sounds not at all problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, a, a voodoo priestess is being added to Craven the Hunter. Wow, yeah. they're, they're plowing ahead with these things. Fair play. I realized. I realized recently she's actually in Craven's Last Hunt. So I, I was aware of her. I just uh, forgot. I forgot what's that character. Just quickly on Madame Web. Is insane. It's openly insane that they're on about making this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this is like uh, it's it's hard to even say. It's like making a Zordon movie <laughs> instead of a Power Rangers movie. Like it, it's that insane. Uh yeah, but it, it's it's obviously because you know, it. Madame Web was back in the. It was one of the characters knocking around back in the Sony Leaks days, wasn't it? So yeah, I feel like. You know how I feel like now we're talking about this stuff. It's it's how people who are really into I don't know uh, Top Gun or yeah, uh, Mission Impossible yeah. felt like in two thousand and seven or six when they were announcing 
oh, you know, they, they, they've got Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man and they, they're going to do an Avengers movie and they're going to have all these characters team up. And people, you know, were like, no, it's never going to work. Crazy. I feel, I, I really, it's not like, a, I, I don't think this will work, but I kind of empathize with people that didn't think that was going to work because I feel, I feel that now with all this, <laughs> like, stupid, like, oh, it's going to be Morbius and Venom and... And Michael Keaton's Vulture and Madam Web and Craven times two and it just and they're all going to team up and it's going to be multiverse. I just it's just crazy. <laughs> but I get now people who thought that the MCU stuff was crazy back in you know two thousand seven, but it's crazy. Yeah. Um... Oh, we oh we forgot um we forgot Silk on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Joey, you forgot to you know to remind us that they're doing a Silk TV show. I got. I just no. I just. I just. Of course, you forgot. I just forgot. <laughs> Is that a thing that we already knew was happening? Yes, it's happening. Yeah. They're doing a Silk TV show. <laughs> crazy, crazy, absolutely crazy. Great. Okay, uh, let's get back to uh, more normal casting chat. Um, Sharon Stone has been cast as the villain in Blue Beetle. <laughs> just a normal thing, a normal headline. Everyone can relate to um. <laughs> the blue the Blue Beetle movie. I guess was mm-hmm. just one of those that I kept kind of assuming wouldn't actually happen. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like it felt mm-hmm. like one of those that was like knocking around on the edges. But I. I think now I think we're you know we're we're officially in the it's just open season. If so, like it used to be, a movie gets announced or like. Oh yeah, let's let's see if that actually comes to fruition. Now it's like, <laughs> now it's like, oh, I, I guess there's a ten percent chance they don't move forward with that. Like, because the, the you know the, the, there is now just we need stuff for streaming services as well as theaters, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you can spend just as much as the stuff on, on the stuff for the tr- streaming service. So, um, so yeah, so Sharon Stone is apparently in well is apparently joining. Blue Beetle as the villain uh, who will be Victoria Cord. Now I know there's a Ted Cord, right? Yeah, yeah. So what what relation to Ted Cord does is Victoria? <laughs> well, uh, is there I one? wish I could tell you. Ted Cord is the original Blue Beetle, right? Yes. Yeah. So we can assume Victoria Cord is. I'm going to say probably a sister. Let's, let's look it up, shall we? <laughs> or mum, or, wa- or wife. Or daughter. Or wife, yeah. Or daughter, or granddaughter, or grand uh, looks... niece. Uh, not, I'm not finding a lot. Could... <laughs> a lot of background here. Could she just... Could... could, could... Oh right, right. Do you know what? Oh, I'm, the article I'm reading is saying there is no record of the character of the name Victoria. Mm. So could it? I, I wonder. Maybe could it be that she is a gender swapped, a gender swapped Ted Cord? Yeah, that yeah. she's like yeah. the original Blue Beetle who is now the villain in this one. Yeah, because you could, you know, actually, you know, Ted extends to Edward, and Edward and Victoria are, you know, kind of, I think, equivalent names. Are so, they? You know, if you were gonna, 
Well, sweet. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're both they're both sort of royal names, right? Yeah, yeah that's what yeah, we're getting at here. Yeah, yeah. You could see an Edward become a, a Victoria Joe. I'm afraid. Anyway, um, I, I think that makes sense. We've we've previously mentioned that they cast, and I, I believe that this is pronounced Zolo Mariduena, who is the um, the, the, you know, the lead kid on Cobra Kai um, as as Jamie Reyes, and I really like him on Cobra Kai. I think he's my favourite thing about that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. So well. that feels like good casting. And I, rem- I remember that, like, Seb used to be, like, quite pro-Blue Beetle and that Jamie- and that there has been good Jamie... Is it Jamie or Jaime Reyes? Jaime Reyes. Jaime Reyes. Uh, that there's been good, like, Spider-Man-esque, like, uh, teenager, you know, finding their way as a superhero vibes to that character in comics in the past so that this might be you know this this might be quite an interesting project as they go and sharon stone as a villain obviously Mm. you know just bringing back some of those catwoman vibes that we enjoyed Mm -hmm. so much she's good in catwoman she's good in catwoman good as a a comic book villain yep James, you don't seem to want to weigh in too much on this. I, I just, you know, I there are certain DC characters I can really get on board with, and there are some I've just never really seen the appeal of, and I think Blue Beetle sort of falls into that category for me. Mm. Um, I think it's possibly this is maybe maybe a bit sort of off piste, but Blue Beetle was a a superhero from a different comics company from Charlton comics who got sort of folded into the DC mm. universe later on. Maybe I just don't care about those guys. Cause you know, I can, to some degree, I can always get hyped about a Batman or a Superman or a Wonder Woman or even Green Lantern, but mm. Blue Beetle nah, does nothing for me. Isn't Blue Beetle then, you know, speaking on to that, he was from Charlton before. Isn't he the basis of Night Owl in Watchmen? He is. Yeah. Alan Moore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would make that sense. That's correct. Um, and I, I just l- looking at some IMDb, it's been uh, directed it, a guy who I haven't seen any of his other stuff, but um, Angel Manuel Soto, and it looks like it has a predominantly Latinx cast outside mm. of Sharon Stone that's been announced so far. So that's interesting as well. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I guess looking at this written down on paper the Blue Beetle movie moves the dial more for me than any of that Sony stuff that we've been talking about. Interesting, yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. It is another thing that is happening. Okay, uh, last couple of bits of news now. Um, I am told that Irredeemable and Incorruptible <laughs> are being adapted as one live-action movie by Netflix. That's all I know. Reese and James are going to explain it to me. <laughs> Reese, did you read either of these series? I think I read like the first issue of Irredeemable. Yes. Yeah. So Irredeemable. Correct me if I get any of this wrong, Reese. Mm. But Irredeemable was sure. Who read one issue? Fine. Yeah, I'm the authority on this. It was now. a yeah. sort of um, Invincible style, you know, off-brand superhero universe. Mm-hmm. The the twist on this was it was about a good guy who went bad. Yeah. So uh, it was the Plutonian, I believe. The Plutonian uh, is 
you know, that Earth Superman yeah. and goes on a killing spree. Mm-hmm. And it's about people trying to take him down. And I believe yeah. Incorruptible was the inverse of that twist. And it was about a superhero who was trying to, a supervillain, sorry, who yeah. was trying to redeem himself and become a, a superhero. To take down the, the Plutonian. The Plutonian, yeah. And James, do you know the name of the character who starred in Incorruptible? <laughs> it's a so cool name. It was, slash uh, a terrible it was name. like Max Power or something, wasn't it? Max Damage. Max Damage, that's Correct. it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and these these books were written by Mark Wade at a time yeah. when his sort of cachet as a writer was was at, peak, right? was at its yeah. peak. Like he was yeah, yeah considered a, a pretty... Uh, I would say he wasn't like a hot Alan Moore type writer, but he was, you know, a, a safe, a safe desired uh, writer. I'd say this was like post Mark Miller and his success, but and and obviously another Mark and a you know British Mark with a similarly kind of uh, you know um, what's the phrase uh, <laughs> high concept. High concept, exactly, yeah, right, yeah. on a superior story. But asterisk, 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 Mark Wade is just is a better more It is actually writer. good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right. So I think I think, you know, if you're Netflix and you're like, Oh, this this uh, Mark Miller guy sucks <laughs> But you know, there's can we can we find anyone else with any other IP that sort of was doing the same thing? And I, I kinda of feel like this is that. It's uh, high concept superhero stuff, but with with more ramp there from the, you know, from the source material from a better writer. Um, you know, and I think James, there's, there was quite a lot of, there was quite a lot of irredeemable and there was a decent chunk of incorruptible. So there's yeah, quite a lot there to, to adapt. They both, they both ran about 30, 40 issues, I think. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't read a lot of them because it just sort of wasn't my thing because off-brand superheroes never really do it for me. Um, sure. But I can completely see why if you were, if, you know, if you're a streaming service, you only had Miller World in your pocket mm. and you saw what was happening with, for example, the Invincible cartoon, you might go, well, what's similar to that? Okay, so I... They, ha- they, ha- they have to be, they have to be regretting that, that, that. <laughs> the Miller World thing. Point, I've been, right? They have to be. I've been Googling this in the background and mm. uh, so far, everything you said to me has made me think... Yeah, okay, that sounds like the 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 kind of you know the the streaming era like off-brand superhero filler that will probably be rubbish and I won't watch. Yeah. Um I'm reading on the Wikipedia page. We might have talked about this 6 years ago on the podcast because in 2016 Adam McKay it was announced that yeah. Adam McKay was going to be directing it um mm. with a script by Tommy Vercola. Um obviously the the writer and director of Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Um but that this version um is being produced by Jay-Z and um is being directed by James Samuel, who directed The Harder They Fall last year. Um, like that, that okay. That now, now I'm now I'm a little bit more interested. That that sounds like maybe they've maybe they've got something here. That it's also it's being written by uh, a guy called Kemp Powers, who um, James for you. He wrote five episodes of Star Trek Discovery. 
Uh, (laughs) That's not a good endorsement. (laughs) He was a writer on, uh, he wrote One Night in Miami, was a co-writer on Soul, and is a um, co-director of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, parts one and two. So that creative team, I'm suddenly like, huh, okay, right. I, 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 I would, I, I would also be very surprised if um, the Plutonian's a white guy. Hmm. I, I just think even even the best version of this story is going to feel like Superman fan fiction. The same way Invincible does it. Just I just think so much, so much of this off-brand superhero stuff fails at the first hurdle because it feels so cheap. It looks so mm. cheap. Um, and everything has that off-brand feel, like with it, like in, in a way that, like an original superhero or you know in, an original, an original movie that wasn't based on a comic, you probably think they wouldn't do it as cheap. Like it's like, oh well, how do how do we recreate that design from the comic? But that's I mean, not, that's that, off-brand to thing, begin right? with. This is the thing. This is a Superman story. This this story is a what if Superman was evil story. Like it doesn't, it doesn't fulfill any other purpose other than to be what if Superman wasn't a good guy, right? And that's why it, it just feels like, oh, well, we've seen that done 10, 15 times before anyway. Yeah, I, get, I think, I, you know, I, I remember at the time that the incorruptible piece of it was, felt like it caught people's attention a bit more, weirdly. Like the Irredeemable, the Irredeemable comic was a kind of a quick. Uh, you know, quick success, but tailed off a bit. Whereas I think the incorruptible side, perhaps, perhaps that feels a little bit less well trodden, right? Like, you know, what what happens if a, a true supervillain's um, you know world is changed so much by their by their arch enemy that they from that feel like they need to redeem themselves? Like, there, there's something there. There is something there that I feel they I feel like could be fresh for whatever this thing turns out to be. Yeah, but I agree with you that they. You know the, the boys coming into what season three, season four, like that. You know, at the very least, the boys has very much covered uh, evil Superman. Like, like that. That is a current thing that's running that is doing that. Yeah, well, and Invincible, know. right? Like, it's yeah, you know, sure. hmm. it's just it's been done. And bright, <laughs> bright Ben, and that one, and mm. that one scene in Justice League, Hancock. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Some, some, yeah, because some I, current biting satire from James. <laughs> there, <laughs> I do. I do think that that is a, you know, as the superhero genre, uh, you know, I mean, it's grown already, right? It's sort of it's a done deal. But over the last, well, I guess whatever twenty years, it has become such a dominant force, and that just that 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 question in audiences' minds of you know, with ultimate power, what, why are why are those people? good and what happens if they turn bad i i, I get that that's a that's a potent i get it's that's a potent, potent premise it yeah. rarely yeah. results in yeah. a story that is as yeah. interesting as that idea agreed agreed uh, you know i also find like it's, it's kind of funny with um you know james with all the sort of the recent ish gubbins about marvel man right miracle man or all, all that all those storylines like you know in a way that the miracle man story in the 80s was one of the earlier sort of major storyline to deal with this kind of stuff right um and and you know that makes it important or relevant but the fact that marvel like oh we need to you know bring that all that back and dredge all that stuff up and it's like 
no, well, I don't know. We, you know, we've done, we've now done that fifty times in the last ten years. We don't, we actually don't. Maybe we don't necessarily. We don't need that to be dredged up and re, and uh, and rewarmed because because we, we we're covering that across the board. But again, my, my, I'll make my point again. On the flip side of it, the incorruptible piece uh, feels fresher, um, and, and and I think uh, intrigues me a bit more. Yeah. yeah like I what? Think- like what if the Joker? What if Barry Keegan? <laughs> as the Joker uh, thought he, you know, and, and the Batman started murdering people on the streets of Gotham. What if Barry King as the Joker wanted to become a good guy? And what would that journey look like? Feels a bit fresh, a bit fresh. Yeah, I think I think certainly in cinematic terms, that is a, a fresher angle. What I sort of think is, why why doesn't someone do a, what if Superman was actually just a nice guy and play that straight for a fucking change? Just genuinely give us give us an all star Superman influence take on the character instead of the dark and brooding like I have such a such a burden to carry version. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Okay. Um, final piece of news. It feels like feels like we should mention this. Uh, I don't know how much we can comment, but Ezra Miller has uh, been in trouble again. He has had a temporary restraining order um, granted against him after he allegedly burst into a couple's room and made threats against them. Um, the, the the quote that has circulated is him saying, I will bury you and your slut wife. Um, Whoa. Uh, I did not know that part. Uh, the, he was also accused of stealing some of their belongings, including a passport. Um, this is on Hawaii's big island, and he's yeah had this temporary restraining um, uh, re- restraining order placed against him. We've obviously mentioned quite a few times on the podcast that it, like the Ezra Miller choking a woman yeah, on video, yeah, videoed choking a woman felt like one of those things that was captured and and then just just kind of went away, which felt odd in this you know. In this cancellation this era, era of cancellations, yeah, um, and we cancelled for as little as punching a comedian in the face. <laughs> um, and and yeah, I I, I mean, I, I I'm not sure how much there is we can say about that. Obviously, you know, their allegations, and it's uh, it's an ongoing thing, but it, it doesn't look great for Ezra Miller and James. But before this news broke, I was say I was sharing a tweet this week which was like saying like quite how much shit has gone down since Ezra Miller was cast as the Flash. He was mm-hmm. he was cast as the Flash in October 2014. No. <laughs> no. Wow. Wow. Uh, right so uh, the the, the I, I mean the Wikipedia page for the Flash movie is wild. <laughs> it says in, in the intro, the development of a film based on the Flash began in 2004. It takes you through... Um, it, it takes you through uh, a version... You know, obviously, the, the, the plans to do the Justice League Mortal, uh, where Adam Brody was cast as the Flash, um, and, um, and George Miller was going to direct, and then, you know, like... It all gets rethought in 2014 when they bring in Ezra Miller and it's going to be part of the DCEU and they're going to release a originally planned to release a Flash movie in 2016 (laughs) 
that doesn't happen. Then it gets pushed back to 2018. Um, it was uh, going to be directed by Seth Graham Smith at one point. It was going to be directed by Rick Famuyiwa. Um, it, it had a different, you know, Billy Crudup was originally that was originally Henry Allen and is Henry Allen in both cuts of Justice League, but won't be Henry Allen in this movie. Um, Robert Zemeckis was was you know uh, rumored to be directing it for a while. Um, you know, now it is it, it you know it has shot. It's in post production and um is due to come out later this year, directed by Andy Machete. And now this Ezra nice. Miller, now this, you know, this Ezra Miller stuff is coming out and sorry, it got pushed back next again year, to next, next year. year. That's yeah, what you I was said. Yeah. Say, yeah. But yeah, and, and now this has happened. And like, you know, in the meantime, he's been in Am I right in thinking the first thing he showed up in was the Suicide was sorry, was Suicide Squad? Uh was he in that? He's in, he? he's in Batman v Superman in in a cameo, isn't he? Yeah. He's in the first Suicide Squad movie in a Captain Boomerang flashback. Is he? Okay. Yeah, like in a one scene. Maybe that was after Batman v Superman. Then obviously he's in Justice League. And then he's in the Flash the, TV show. The Snyder Cut. And then I think he's had two different cameos on the Flash TV show. And all of this is happening, you know, and he still hasn't had his movie. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, just just wild the journey that, that, you know, and particularly ironic for The Flash that this movie is taking. <laughs> quite Like, that it is going to be, like, just short of nine years between him being cast and the movie coming out. Just out of interest, right? Do you think the reason that the Ezra Miller stuff keeps getting buried is because Warner has a lot invested in him? And they're just like do anything yeah. we can to make this go away until that movie is out. Yeah, probably to an extent, yeah. Well, it's, and, and it's I mean, not just know, The Flash, is it? He's a big part of the the Fantastic Beasts franchise as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, yeah. And I should say, like, I, I, I like I like Ezra Miller as an on-screen presence. I think The Flash is probably one of my least favourite Ezra Miller performances, but I, I, I tend to really like him. <laughs> I mean, he's my favourite member of the Justice League, I would, I would go so far as to say. Oh. You can see, you can see, you can, you know, you can see as well the, you know, if you're thinking about superhero movies, if you think about Aquaman, of sort of, how do we differentiate these movies from each other? And Aquaman being, he's underwater. Like, you get that, as, and that's a visual hook, and that's, that's, that differentiates the movie and even forget the Jason Momoa piece, but I get, I kind of get that. I think I really get that. Uh, and the flash is the same, you know, you know, there isn't a, there, I know you've got those quicksilver scenes in the X-Men movies, but now that's a few years, that's a few years ago. Um, and you could see how a well-executed flash movie, uh, you know, at a high budget, um, is a is a prospect, uh, has a prospect to it. Yeah. I, I, um, I, and absolutely. Because, you know, as we all know, the Flash entering the Speed Force is the most cheer- cheerworthy <laughs> moment in cinema history. <laughs> in cinema history, um, you guys. Yeah, yeah. And you and you go look. You know, you go. And <laughs> You've got watch, to respect um, those Snyder Bros hustle at some like, point. You've just oh got to sit oh back God, and just go. Incredible. I mean, like incredible. the commitment to this bit is superb. <laughs> incredible, incredible. And the amount of time they like they didn't like. I also kind of admire the Oscars for not just blasting through that bit but like spending whatever 45 seconds on showing that 
that scene which is to be clear garbage <laughs> and, and and so boring <laughs> just like being like i guess they voted people have voted for this so we have to show a good chunk of it man man um but you know back to the ezra midler is he's a compelling he's been a compelling presence and he's you know joe teal's point to joe T, to your point I, I get that car you know i get the flash movie should exist and we'll make money Plus, Ezra Miller is interesting and maybe a movie star, let's cast him. But also, you know, as what's happened in the last few years, it's a reminder that um, Hollywood is, uh, you know, is, is, it, it, movie stardom and, and Hollywood picking stars to lead projects and, and lead franchises is an unpredictable and risky prospect because people are people. And Ezra Miller, you know, I'm not going to say like he's an evil person or he doesn't deserve to work but you know he's what's happened has happened and um and 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 if you're warners you you would have liked this to have not happened yeah and it's interesting and you do want to like because i i also think there is there is a you know obviously we've we've made some jokes about cancel culture i think there is a vast difference between people being cancelled and stuff happening that has a demonstrable impact on their career like i i mean i i i i, <laughs> I didn't want to talk about this but obviously the the the, the, the will smith stuff that james is alluding to I don't, I don't i don't care about litigating what happened at the oscars but you know there's, there's people going like oh god are we actually is this actually happening will smith's projects have been put on hold now because he's been cancelled for what happens at the oscars and it's like do you know what I do kind of get when you've got a movie star who their you know so much of their appeal is like broad likable personality mm-hmm. like if I was a studio exec I'd be going how safe a bet is a Will Smith-led project right now? Like, I yeah, just... especially because he's not going to be able to promote it without having to talk constantly about the guy he punched in the face. Like, it's I don't like yeah, you know, just... there's a certain toxicity to it. That makes you go, well, maybe I don't want to spend money on this guy at the moment. Especially like Bad Boys 4, which was the project in question. I'm going like, yeah, do I do I want to have a fun, silly time like with an action comedy with Will Smith? Like, I, I, I yeah, I personally would be less inclined to see that than I was two weeks ago because my the way that I view that guy has changed, and mm-hmm. I, so I, 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 yeah. I get it, and I, yeah, and obviously I think. What what we should what we should have called this whole, whole era is consequence culture, and it's going to be interesting to see whether Ezra Miller does face consequences for this, and whether and whether you know that you know the the events that have happened in Hawaii, whether that you know more comes out and that temporary restraining order becomes something more. So we'll 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 have to wait and see, but I thought it was it was worthy of mentioning and digging into some of that um, that flash background. Um, that's it for the news. We've got a couple of other things that we wanted to chat about on this new free form format. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, we okay. uh, James. It says I'm eating a pizza right now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I've got some cocoa butter. I was applying to my face earlier because I had. Like a sore face, is that the sort of stuff that goes here? I don't know. <laughs> Do I start talking about the beers I'm drinking on mic? Yeah, we should. We should talk about drinking. I've got a... I'm drinking a, a Bordeaux, a lovely oh. Merlot Cabernet Sauvignon blend, Bordeaux 2020. Yeah, great. I'm drinking a sour ale. It's called Strawberry Fields. Um, it's stra- oh. strawberry strawberry flavored sour. It's delightful. Uh, James, what have you got? 
Nothing. I'm okay. just, I'm just, I'm just talking. Okay. Uh, so uh, we're, we're going to talk uh, very briefly about Moon Knight, which we will be doing an episode on uh, Patreon, which will be you know for Patreon listeners, you can listen to very soon. Um, guys, I want your like lightning fast reactions to the first episode of Moon Knight. Lightning fast reactions. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. I think it is probably the most compelling first episode. Since WandaVision, I did like, as you pointed out, I did quite like the Loki first episode, but I think Moon Knight is more, it feels more movie quality to me. So yeah, I'm I'm very pro it, Reese. despite the accent, which is garbage. Reese. Um, Oscar Isaac is a good actor. He's doing good acting in this, uh, and that's compelling. And here's, the, here's my best review of Moon Knight episode one. About halfway through, I kind of forgot we were in the MCU. Mm. I was just enjoying. I was sort of just enjoying what Oscar Isaac was giving me, and and what Ethan Hawke was giving me. Uh, and I d- was not thinking about its wider implications. And that is genuinely, I can't think of, uh, of of any of these Disney Plus shows that I've ever thought that for. Okay, um, you can take this as either a compliment or a criticism. My my pithy take is. I'm enjoying the Venom vibes. <laughs> <laughs> I, did. I was I, not expecting that. <laughs> the the Conchu, I assume, is talking to Oscar Isaac. I did think, ah, oh, it's like MCU Venom. Yeah. yeah, it's not, but that's it's like the the Venom comparisons do cut deeper than that. But that's obviously the the yeah the the main. <laughs> but can you can you even imagine like Avengers? you know, Avengers movie in 2027 or whatever, when you have Tom Hardy Venom interacting with um, Oscar Isaac Moon Knight and they're both talking to each other and also their <laughs> invisible friends. And that's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun thing. In, in fairness, Oscar Isaac is not contracted beyond this series. It's one of the reasons he sure. took the gig is that he doesn't have to come back. Is that- yeah, James, I absolutely believe you and I believe that. And I'm sure we will never see the character, the, major um, comics character Moon Knight appear again, <laughs> portrayed by Oscar Isaac after this six-episode season. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. We'll never see this character again, portrayed by Oscar Isaac. 100%. Um, okay, so that, that, that you can hear our full Moon Knight thoughts. We'll be doing an episode one recap on Patreon, if you're a subscriber. Yeah, if you're not... Pay us! If you're not, pay you can us hear it pay a year from now when we release it on the Moon Knight. <laughs> Such a drag. Oh, oh, tough. Tough to hear. Tough to hear everyone listening. Yeah. Um, okay. The, the next uh, bullet point on my list says Comics Corner with a K. James, <laughs> what's happening in Comics Corner? Uh, there was something you wanted to ask me about specifically, wasn't there? Oh, I can't remember. No, he's turned it around. He's turned it around <laughs> on you, sir. What's that? No, it's Paul, Paul Dano writing a Batman comic, right? Oh, yeah. Reese, you had some news about Paul Dano writing a Batman comic. <laughs> Okay, thank you for that um, segue. So um, Paul Dana was writing a, uh, a Riddler comic. Cool. Uh, no, it's, it's um, yeah. Well, I mean, he is. So um, Matt Reeves announced that I believe he's writing a uh, Dana is writing a prequel comic to his his Riddler character, um, which I I kind of thought w- was interesting. You know, I I I think that character just you know could do with some fleshing out, to be honest, in that universe. Um, and it's Paul Dana who's never written a comic before. The best guy to it's interesting, to isn't it? I guess like, we'll find out. But when uh, when people who haven't written comics get given comics to write, they're often 
Uh, need to be guided by a strong editor. Poor I'll be interested Taylor's in not writing this comic. He's he's, <laughs> he's sitting think... down in a room with someone by, who's yeah. re- who's written a comic, yeah, who's yeah, writing yeah. the comic, and he's going to go. Oh, and when I was preparing for the role, I did imagine that maybe when he was a kid, yeah. he what if this his, happens? That maybe maybe he he murdered his dog. Cool. Yeah. Flashback where they yeah we'll we'll make that work. We'll make that work. Yeah, yeah. He just solved riddles when he was a little baby boy. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, written. Yeah, really, yeah, seven. He really liked crosswords, <laughs> and then he graduated to cryptic crosswords, and then got into riddles. <laughs> what and if he was a, like a wordle freak, and wordle made him do kills? <laughs> yeah, cool. Write that up as well, usual. Right, like any any comic that purports to be in continuity with the movie is only in continuity until the movie decides something else happened. Is it in continuity with scenes that appear on Twitter? <laughs> it may as well be. Um, James, is anything else happening in Comics Corner right now? Are there any comics that you're enjoying? Grease, Disso? I, I, I'm not. I've not really any comics. So um, Immortal X-Men just started, which is written by Kieran Gillen. Um, it's the sort of notional continuation of Jonathan Hickman's run. Like, for a while... Inferno happened, which was a big event that sort of changed the X-Men status quo. Um, There was a a pair of limited series called The Lives and Deaths of Wolverine, um, which sort of were the epilogue to that. And now Immortal X-Men is about the the central governing body of the X-Men and the direction that that is going as a result of everything that's just happened with Inferno. Um, it's really good. It's very funny. Sinister is a main character. Um, it feels like the flagship book that has been missing from the X-Men line since Hickman left. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that is very cool and worth a look. Um, how long do you, if, 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 for you, from your gut, how long do you think the, the Krakoa era is going to last for? I reckon it's got another couple of years in it. Minimum. Wow. Sure. I, wouldn't it? Be, I wouldn't be surprised if this turned up in some way as the status quo for the X-Men in the Marvel Universe. Mm. Is there mm. a chance that Hickman comes back to finish it, or is that just off the table? I mean, again, finish, like... It's, it's tough, because it's not that he didn't finish its run. his run, it's that the end point changed. Like, it, it might happen that at some point, you know, a few years down the line, they go, okay, let's let's have Hickman in, and we'll do a version of where he was going originally. Hmm. I think, Joe, to your point, he, like, I be- my understanding is that he is contracted by Marvel, you know, like paid by Marvel regularly to sort of, he's there to to think big about their properties. Okay. And for the, for the X-Men run, it was that meant writing X-Men and thinking big about the X-Men franchise. But... I don't think he's ended that, no, so he's doing something else at the moment, which I guess... But he's, he's not actively soon. writing an X-Men book, though, is the difference. No, 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 no but I mean, he's, he is working for Marvel actively, I think, and thinking about stuff there. So so to, to answer your question, Joe, I, I totally would not be surprised if in two, three, five years or whatever, you know, once this era, when this era concludes, he he's brought back in because he's a, you know, he is a contracted writer, um, or thinker to to uh, to end his story, um, which is you know, which I know sounds a bit mercenary, I guess, but 
also is part of the fun of comics, right? That you have, you know, you've just got this universe that just month to month just exists, and you've got, you know, a dozen comics coming out in this in the, in the in these different pockets, and 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 that that doesn't change. So you know, comics come out, they have to be written and drawn, whatever. <laughs> And Hickman can be like, okay, well, I'm just, you know, okay, fine. I, I know you want me to then go and think about Spider-Man for six months or whatever. Uh, and then I'll come back and think about X-Men again in two years. Uh, I like that. I like, I, I've always liked the idea with comics of um, having people uh, um, contrib- contribute on a regular, but, but you know, impermanent basis onto these properties. And that's kind of what makes, what, what can lead to such, you know, to, to big ideas. You know, you just got you just got you just got talent, talented people coming in and just injecting what they think into this. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's worth a, noting that this is yeah. Kieran Gillen's second run on the X Men as well. It's mm-hmm. been you know, what ten fifteen years since he was first writing them, but you know, it's interesting. It's interesting mm-hmm. to see him back and to to bring some of that, some of those ideas back with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think you could do a lot worse than picking up that book. Okay, that was Comics Corner with a K. Um, and <laughs> is it is it Comics and Corner? No, we're never. We're, 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 not, we're not going to answer that question. Okay, here. no, fine, fine. It's and I've already sure, I've already cool. deleted it from the Google Doc, uh, so there's no there's, <laughs> there's no record. Um, I, I've now got down here just a, a, a brief point to uh, do an <laughs> Oscars retrospective. Um, oh shit! Now, I I, I you know. I've got some thoughts. I'm gonna I'm gonna share them. Please chip in when you want. Um, best picture was won, won by Coda. Now I've not seen all of the nominees. For best picture. I've seen five of the ten so far. Uh, Coda is the worst of those five. Um, <laughs> my favourite was The Power of the Dog. Uh, so I am happy that Jane Campion won Best Director. Uh, best Actor. Haven't seen Will Smith as King Richard. Um, for Benedict Cumberbatch and Andrew Garfield were both very good. Uh, Jessica Chastain winning for the eyes of Tammy Faye is absurd in my opinion, but I haven't seen any of the other uh, nominees, so um, fine. Uh, best supporting actor Troy Kotzer, a very cartoonish character that he has to play. So um, I'm not going to hold it against him, but I don't think he's a good performance <laughs> in Coda. Uh, Ariana, Ariana DeBose won Best Supporting Actress. I think she's very good in West Side Story, but not my favourite supporting performance in West Side Story. I think it was criminal that Mike Feist wasn't nominated. Um, best Original Screenplay for Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Um, again, check out Death of the Nile on Disney Plus now. Um <laughs> Coda winning Best Adapted Screenplay is probably the worst of the awards that it was given. Um, uh, Encanto won Best Animated Feature, hashtag Justice for Luca. Um, and I think I'm done. That's very much the upsetting Joe's Oscars is what I'm hearing from this. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, I think the Oscars are a silly nonsense um, that, like, it's it like awarding are on that kind of, like, committee level <laughs> is impossible um it's, it's no just, cuppies it's, it's just no cuppies. yeah it's just funny when they get so, so but that's i mean what a great example right we we have cuppy awards when none of us were happy with the winners <laughs> <laughs> there was only like three of us deciding them um like yeah just but you know it's nice to say this is what i liked and you know whatever the Oscars, I've, I just but yeah, very funny to me that they embraced Coda the way that they did, um, which <laughs> I think is a well-intentioned but fundamentally bad movie. Um, 
Oscars, any 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 other thoughts? Reese, you stayed up and watched the Oscars? I did. I watched the whole thing. I was up till five AM. It was it was it was uh you know, with the with the slap with the last hour. It was the, the what? Generally the um so <laughs> so Will Smith, who was the um he was nominated for best We all know. We all know. Uh take you know, take take the take <laughs> The words, the slap out of your motherfucking mouth, or whatever. Um, uh, it was the most. Exci- it was one of the most exciting live TV uh, experiences that I've ever had in my whole life. That that hour, it was so dramatic and exciting. Yeah. Um, for, for, you know, aside from all of the other kind of uh, take bullshit of, of it, it was great TV, and I watched it all. Uh, and I'll remember. It, I'll remember it my whole damn life, Joe. Um, but I find with the Oscars, genuinely like. I'm I am crazy invested in the awards for probably I don't know four months before. Like I'm so oh, no, following I, the race. I, I love, I'm so into I it. I love following it. I love all of yeah. the like the campaigning, but I'd like it's just it, it just demonstrably can't be that you know it's sure. so it's so unlikely that with all of the machinations that go into the Oscars that the best films and the best performances and, you know, the best craftspeople win the awards that are, des- no, that sure, are deserved. Um, but I, yeah, I, but, I love it. And I, and I love the trivia aspects of it. And I'm glad that I love I'm, the trivia. I'm glad that they exist. But I think, between, I think the difference between me and you, I think is that I genuinely almost have no opinion as to the actual winners. I genuinely don't, but, you know, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm, I'm so invested for months in the race and I'm so invested in the in you know in the telecast and you know watching it etc. But uh, you know I, I kind of you know the fact that this so you know we are recording a week past the Oscars and you know you know I think Joe you have thoughts about the awards. Yeah. I, I think I just didn't have a thought like the morning after I I didn't have any opinion as to who won. I just didn't care. Was just, I was completely I was concluded with the whole thing and done with it. <laughs> Uh, moving on to, and I'm like, oh, okay. What from the recent Sundance could, you know, might be in the in the best in the best cinema, cinematography race for next year? Like that's, I'm, you know, I'm into I'm into that phase. Um, I don't I don't I don't trust my own opinions on films at all. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, what if I liked it or didn't like it? Like, Reese, like, famous, I like I, guess, I will. I Reese will tell me what he thinks about a movie, and then like three, four months later, I'll get around to watching <laughs> that movie, and I'll say like. Reese, what the fuck were you on about? That 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 like that was incredible. And, and Reese was like, "Did I say that? Oh, I don't think I. I don't think I liked that movie. No, you, no, you did. You, you, like, yeah, and, that- and Reese would be like, "No, no, I'm sure I did at the time, but now I can't remember thinking that." That that happened to me with Detain when we both saw Detain in the same screening. We did. We came yeah, out we and agreed that it wasn't that good. And then after you watched it, Joe Reese was like, "Yeah, good no, movie. I thought it was great." Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, Reese no takes, Williamson. I have no takes. I have no opinion. No, you Nobody do. Should give you do. They're just not about consistent about anything. <laughs> and also, they're just not important. They're just not important. They're just not relevant. Nobody should care. I like it. It's good. It's, it's, imp- it's impish, is what it is. <laughs> It's a little twinkle of mischief. Uh, let's move on to um, uh, James. There's more. The final point here, yeah. again, listeners, please do feedback on the format, uh, is uh, <laughs> tweets slash mailbag. James, yeah. you, you asked for tweets. I did. Oh, boy. I asked for tweets. <laughs> um, let's see. So, Sam Clements 
asked, are we going to be covering Morbius or Peacemaker on the Patreon <laughs> feed? Uh, well, de- well, we were definitely going to be covering Morbius. That's going to be our next like uh, bit of big movie episode. Um, are we going to be covering Peacemaker? I think we'll probably get to Peacemaker at some point, won't we? I don't think we'll be doing it episodically, but I'd be stunned if one or more of us doesn't watch it and we discuss it in some capacity. Yeah, it feels like something we'll do an episode on if there's a, a reasonable gap in the Marvel stuff where we can squeeze it in there. Yeah. I wa- I watched the first episode about two months ago. I won't discuss how I guess I went I flew to LA and watched it right. on live <laughs> program TV. <laughs> I should. So I've got, I've got thoughts. And I should point out, I, 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 I steadfastly only watch stuff <laughs> legally. So um, you, you will. Me too. I did a flight. Yeah, I did reset a, I did a flight. flight. I went to Hawaii. I went to American <laughs> Hawaii, and I watched uh, watched it on Hawaiian Hawaiian television. Great. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I also refuse to leave the country. So you will only you will only <laughs> ever hear from me when stuff is legally um, released in yeah. the UK. I, I refuse to give money to Sky, which is why I haven't watched it. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, um, so, so yeah, maybe we'll get to Peacemaker. Yeah, Skeptical Owen has asked, will we be covering Moon Knight uh, as an entire season on the main feed? I think we're probably done with that as an idea, unless it turns out to really warrant it, right? Yeah, I, I, I think what we realised was that we were repeating ourselves and in the and in the old format where all of that was on the Patreon, but then we could do a main feed episode. Uh, whereas under this under this new format, well, kind of everything other than these episodes is going on to Patreon, so I don't think we will do that big wrap-up. But what we'll probably do is make our last episode a bit more bumper-sized and try and do, like, a finale recap and overall thoughts, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, So, next, next uh, tweet. Vincent Bryson has asked, will we be tackling stuff like Star Wars, which has a massive comics presence? Uh, I, I already replied to Vincent and said, we discussed this occasionally, but I don't think any of us like Star Wars at all. I think Reese is probably the biggest Star Wars guy. Yeah. I mean, Reese, you watch stuff like The Mandalorian and Boba Fett, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah whereas um, I am I am just completely disengaged and... and... Yeah, same. So I, I think for for the, like the same reasons that when we first started this podcast, we didn't go into The Walking Dead, even though it was one of the biggest shows on TV at, <laughs> that, at that time. Awesome. But we just we you know we just didn't we didn't have the expertise to be able to do it properly. So um, I think I, we'll, we'll leave okay. that to the podcast that can do it. I think. But let me okay. Let me let me put out something to the listeners. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm freaking doing it. Doing it. If if you guys are keen for a Reese a Reese solo uh, Obi Wan Kenobi will never uh, recap <laughs> series on Patreon on Patreon, I'll fucking no do you it. won't. Because I want to see that show. No, you won't. I don't believe you. <laughs> tweet tweet at me. Yeah. Tweet at me at Reese. Tweet at me. Okay. Um, Guarantee. Even, I'll do it. Even if this gets one hundred people coming <laughs> back and saying, "Please do that. I want nothing more." You won't get around to it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it if, if the audience is, if the audience wants it. I'll do that it. Show, I'm also, do that it. show is gonna be bad. I guarantee it. That show is gonna yeah. be bad. That's part of the fun. It's gonna be poor, mm. and, and I'm ready to record a solo. You know, 75 minute. You know, record on it every week for six weeks. Right. You know, I've got my life is empty. I'm, you know, I've got no kid or wife. I, I've got an empty life. I'll do it. I'll do it. The point. The point I would make is. You might think you want to hear me and Joe talking about Star Wars, but you really, you really yeah. don't. I don't. Yeah, I, you actually want, want to hear? We me were just, about Star we were just. I don't, I don't dislike all of Star Wars. Like there are, there are movies 
that have you know in in the like episodes that I have enjoyed, but I enjoy them much less than the average person does, and yeah. um, and it just it's just not 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 my favorite thing. And there's enough people out there that it is their favorite thing that that they talk about it enough already. <laughs> Maybe if they make a Back to the Future Disney Plus series, or you, you <laughs> get so you, no. oh god, don't, no, they, don't. No, they, 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 wouldn't, they wouldn't. Okay. We gotta go. We gotta go back. It's your kids, Marty. We gotta go to a TV show that comes out in six months or six episodes, Marty. <laughs> last, last, uh, last tweet. Andy Walsh says, "Do we have any take on the upcoming Batgirl movie? It seems to be under the radar. You know, it finished it finished shooting like this week." Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it's. One of those, like, you know, like we were talking about the other stuff, there is so many of these movies happening that it's difficult to get, like, really... I don't know, like, even... Oh, like, you know, we'll talk about this on our um, Moon Knight episode. Um, I was, like, I, I just didn't have have any context on Moon Knight other than it was a show that Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke were in, and that was about it. And there was stuff in the episode that was like, oh, that person's in this, or, oh, right, okay, that I just hadn't taken in because there's so much stuff now that I, I find it hard to keep up. Um, but I do, you know, I, I don't know, like the idea of a Batgirl movie, I'm on board with. Um didn't think Leslie Grace was very good in in the Heights, um, but you know, maybe she'll surprise me here. Yeah, um, I think it's. I mean, it, you know, it's a musical, so it's going to be fun. It's gonna be, like she will be doing dancing and singing. So that, I mean, that that's that's that is going to be. Is fun. it a musical? Um, is that true? No, I'm, I'm actually kidding because it's not. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> I, was, I was setting you up to be like, no, Reese, yeah, grumpy pants, it ain't. Um, no. So I guess my take is that it would be good if it were a musical, but it isn't. And actually, it's going to be just what if Batman was a, a lady with a cape? And, you know, and what, if she, what, if the, what if Batman had, you know, lady, it was a lady? Uh, and, I, you know, okay, fine. Yeah, the, I mean, the, we know we know so little about it that it's really hard to have a take. Well, I'm learning point. all this for the first time. Looking at the Wikipedia page, J.K. Simmons is back as Commissioner Gordon. Sure? Uh, Brendan Fraser is playing Firefly. What? So J.K. Simmons from the wait, hold on, from the Snyderverse? Apparently, what? Uh, so it's not it's not Jeffrey Wright. No, and then but then also what apparently the Mike what apparently the Michael Keaton's in it as Batman. What? I don't know. <laughs> just, I'm just reading what Wikipedia is telling me. It could be lying. I don't know. You are. You are. <laughs> for all, I, for all I know, James went on and edited this Wikipedia yeah. page just before don't, he asked this listen, question. James, James, don't lie to your friends. Don't lie to your friends by changing Wikipedia page. I would have come up with a lot, lot less plausible lies than this. <laughs> Rebecca Front's in it. What? Wow. Now wow. Joe's lying. Huge. Yeah, you don't. You lie to your friends, Joe. She is. It says it here. All right. Filmed in Glasgow. Same as the Batman. I'm Batman. learning loads of new stuff. Natalie, well, Holt. Natalie Holt did the score. Natalie Holt from Loki. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, okay. I mean, as I'm, soon more, as we I'm, see I'm some, more interested in it now than I was 10 minutes ago. As soon as we see some footage, I'll be very up for it. But at this point, you know, it's basically an imaginary movie. <laughs> just in, in our heads they in can say it's been shot but until I see some actual video I don't believe it <laughs> sure, sure, sure. okay um, so I think 
we have finally come to the end of this episode. We've talked news, we've talked nonsense. I hope you I hope you've enjoyed it. Reese, James, have you enjoyed it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Despite being fully sober. Uh, same um, <laughs> so uh, so yeah so that's that's the new format of uh, of of these um, main feed episodes uh, if you want to hear more you can subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash cinematic universe uh, for like what three dollars or two pounds fifty a month I think you get all mm-hmm. of those exclusive bonus episodes access to all of the the back catalog and on there we'll be doing uh, episode recaps of all of the new Disney Plus uh, Marvel shows and any new comic book movie releases in cinemas as well. So Morbius coming soon. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe in your podcast app of choice. Throw us a rating. If you want to get in touch with us, ask those questions for the next uh, episode on the main feed. Uh, we're on Twitter at Cine underscore verse. I'm at Joe Cunningham 14. James is at James Hunt, and if you want to ask Reese for an Obi Wan Kenobi series that he will not be recording, tweet at Reese. <laughs> I'll Reece. do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I swear yep. to God, I'll do. I'll do two episodes per episode of the show. He'll, he'll forget he's even one, offered this by yeah. tomorrow morning. <laughs> I, I am going to do it, Joe. You scoundrel! Absolute scoundrel. James, the bit here would be to let him do it and just never upload them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, that's like uh, they took that from the the pyramid, like tomb, right? Like <laughs> stuff that was you know from thousands of years ago. That would be the equivalent. Brilliant. Um, okay, uh, so yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Welcome to Cinematic Podcast. Oh, I fucked up the first one. Listen, guys, changing the name too. It's Cinematic Podcast now. It's Cinematic Podcast. Um, okay, let me try again. I was, I was preemptively thinking about how there isn't a joke and how I'm going to handle that. And then I, I, I started scanning the sentence ahead and yeah, we went wrong.